Welcome to the Buddha Sasana podcast. This talk was given by Bhikkhu Chintita in Chisago City, Minnesota. We've come to the final theme of contemplation listed in the Satipatthana Sutta, the Four Noble Truths. At first, this seems like a huge overarching principle among the Buddha's teachings often assumed to summarize the whole of the Dhamma, and therefore a daunting topic to contemplate all at once. It is described in what is traditionally regarded as the Buddha's very first sermon after his awakening, called the Turning of the Wheel of Dhamma. To the extent that we can identify the observables within this Dhamma, it should be manageable. The text of the exercise is very short. Again, bhikkhus, a bhikkhu abides contemplating dhammas and dhammas in terms of the Four Noble Truths. And how does a bhikkhu abide contemplating dhammas and dhammas in terms of the Four Noble Truths? Here, a bhikkhu comprehends that as it actually is this is suffering. He comprehends, as it actually is, this is the origin of suffering. He comprehends, as it actually is, this is the cessation of suffering. He comprehends, as it actually is, this is the way leading to the cessation of suffering. However, I should remind listeners that there are Two occurrences of the Satipatthana Sutta in the early texts, one in the middle-length discourses, tagged MN10, and the other in the long discourses, tagged DN22. They are identical except that the description of the Four Noble Truths is much longer in the long discourses, which is what makes it a long discourse. Looking at the Wisdom Edition, the long version of the entire Satipatthana Sutta occupies 16 pages, six of which describe this last exercise. The short version is identical to the long version, except the short version has the simple exercise that I just read for you. There are many descriptions of the Four Noble Truths in the early texts. Probably one of the compilers of the suttas decided to merge the Satipatthana Sutta with a long version of the Four Noble Truths. Among the many ways the Four Noble Truths are described, I should point out that some read like a philosophical treatise, while others are quite nuts and bolts. Here is how it is initially described in the first turning of the wheel. Now, this bhikkhus is the noble truth of suffering. Birth is suffering, aging is suffering, illness is suffering, death is suffering, 
Union with what is displeasing is suffering. Separation from what is pleasing is suffering. Not to get what one wants is suffering. In brief, the five appropriation aggregates are suffering. Now this, bhikkhus, is the noble truth of the origin of suffering. It is this craving which leads to renewed existence accompanied by delight and lust, seeking delight here and there, that is, craving for sensual pleasures, craving for existence, craving for extermination. Now this, bhikkhus, is the noble truth of the cessation of suffering. It is the remainderless fading away and cessation of that same craving, the giving up and relinquishing of it, freedom from it, non-reliance on it. Now this, bhikkhus, is the noble truth of the way leading to the cessation of suffering. It is this noble eightfold path, that is, right view, right attitude, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right know-how, and right samadhi. Notice that the style here is quite a bit different from how it is presented in the short version of the Satipatthana Sutta. For instance, in the Satipatthana version, the first truth is, a bhikkhu comprehends as it actually is, this is suffering. In the turning of the wheel version, it is, this bhikkhus is the noble truth of suffering, birth is suffering, aging is suffering, dot, dot, dot. In brief, the five appropriation aggregates are suffering. Now, the definite pronoun in Pali that I'm translating as this is idang or ayang. Used in either description, it generally refers to something that is present right here, right now. If it's physical, you can point at it. Aha! That must be an observable. If I say, this is suffering, I must be talking about something I'm aware of right now, an observable. That makes perfect sense. There is that bit of anxiety or the pain of bumping my head against the hanging plant. But if I say, this is the noble truth of suffering, how do I observe a truth, much less a noble truth? Somehow, what should have been the first sermon of the Buddha seems to have become something more abstract and exalted for the requirements of actual nuts and bolts practice. We better run with the version that is in the middle-length Satipatthana Sutta itself. The observables are clear, both for suffering and for craving. The second truth in our chosen version is, he comprehends as it actually is, this is the origin of suffering. As it stands, this seems to require that we discover what factor present right now is conditioning suffering. Without a hint, we might conclude, the hanging plant. But in the body of suttas, we are repeatedly given the answer to our quest, craving. If we are suffering right now, there must be something 
we are craving right now. What is it? Oh, I'm trying to impress people with my great resolve in remaining immobile in my perfect meditation posture. What if I let go of that manner of craving, think about something else, or bring non-self to mind? By golly, not only the craving, but the suffering disappears, just like that. This illustrates the third truth. He comprehends as it actually is. This is the cessation of suffering. Wow! I can sit here doing this all day. In fact, this practice will put you in touch with all the subtle forms and shades of both craving and suffering that the Buddha must have been talking about. Even things that you used to think were pleasurable turn out to be suffering, like spotting that pleasantly attractive person when you got up for walking meditation, who then becomes a thorn next time you abide on the cushion in contemplation. In this way, seeking observables refines your understanding of the Dhamma. There is one clause left. This is the way leading to the cessation of suffering. What arose or disappeared as a condition for the arising of craving and therefore of suffering? Thinking about something else? Not looking? Not bumping into hanging plants? This seems very open-ended and normally only incidentally related to Dhamma. But then we have, now this bhikkhus is the noble truth of the way leading to the cessation of suffering. It is this noble eightfold path, that is, right view, right attitude, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right know-how, and right samadhi. What is the eightfold path? It's a course of practice directed at training eight attributes of what we call human character, dispositions to behave and interpret things in a skillful and wholesome way conducive to virtue, wisdom, and composure, but also destructive of suffering. This is an intricate, sophisticated and challenging course of training may be compatible to that required to become a piano virtuoso. As we train in this way, every decision we make is either skillful, dhammic, right, and consistent with the path, or there are opposites. This is why we say right view, etc. We can, in principle, observe moment by moment, whether our choices are on the path or off the path. This seems implausible at first, given the complexity of the path as a whole. But with practice, we do internalize a kind of sense of what is on and off the path. Much as with familiarity, we learn to recognize a face immediately which conceptually is an amazing achievement. And so we have observables that correspond to the fourth truth, Dhammic choices and adamic choices in all their variety, 
good practice and poor practice. However, these observables are certainly not as accessible as the breath or the visualization of bodily organs until an advanced state of practice. However, these observables certainly have a causal relationship to our observables of suffering. On the other hand, our practice, our observable choices, consistent with the Eightfold Path, has cumulative benefits. It affects suffering way down the line. Can we actually observe the causal connection between long-term practice and absence of craving and suffering in the present moment in the manner of Satipatthana practice? There's a lot to sort out here. It might be that the Fourth Noble Truth is not intended for Satipatthana practice at all, only the first three Noble Truths, whose observables are not so obscure. Or perhaps its inclusion here is an invitation to explore the entire Dhamma of the Noble Eightfold Path in our practice of the Fourth Satipatthana through a proliferation of further exercises. I'll continue thinking about this and keep you posted. With this, I want to conclude my long series of talks on the Satipatthana, at least for now. In rethinking the Satipatthana, I provided arguments, somewhat academically, for what seems to me to be deficits in current understandings of this critical contemplative practice and to try to recover how it was understood at the time of the compilation of the early texts, with no reference to later derivatives such as the Visuddhi Magga or modern innovations. In the Satipatthana Rethought, I've presented a series of meditations covering all 21 exercises found in the Satipatthana Sutta. In practical terms, this should not require too much adjustment to existing meditative skills. The main differences from what most people are doing in meditation practice is the consistent focus on Dhamma in its many aspects in Satipatthana practice, which I maintain was there in the earliest centuries of Buddhist practice. In conclusion, let me list the basic principles I've highlighted in rethinking the Satipatthana. One, Satipatthana contemplation is an open-ended extension of Dhammic study. Right view begins with a conceptual exposure to the Dhamma, acquired and remembered through hearing or, in later centuries, reading the Dhamma. This is followed by stages of reflection and contemplation necessary to make sense of the Dhamma and to verify it in practice. Book learning must necessarily precede or overlap contemplation. This makes the applicability of Satipatthana practice in internalizing Dhamma open-ended. Two, the Dhamma is almost entirely in principle subject to verification in terms of direct experience. The Buddha invited us to 
come and see, and declared that the Dhamma is experienced by the wise. Although the Dhamma in many later schools became an abstract philosophical system, in the early text it has a rather nuts-and-bolts basis in the direct observables of experience. The challenge of understanding these often sophisticated and obscure early teachings is not due to a deficit in intellect, but on the contrary due to the difficulty of seeing through the abstractions we already presumptively and routinely impose on our understanding. Three, Satipatthana contemplation is a process whereby the practitioner develops skill in Dhamma by investigating, verifying, and internalizing Dhamma in terms of direct experience. Investigation here is a process of holding Dhammas, that is, Dhamma teachings, and observable side by side for verification. Repeated investigation and verification internalizes dhammas so that they are woven into the fabric of experience so that in the end dhamma becomes how we perceive and act spontaneously in our experiential world. We learn to experience otherwise. For samadhi or jhana is integral and critical to the fulfillment of Satipatthana contemplation. Samadhi locks in our engagement, and the higher jhanas, second through fourth, filter out spurious, abstract conceptualizations and narratives and encourage insight and the development of an intuitive understanding of Dhamma. And five, the ultimate function of Satipatthana contemplation is the attainment of knowledge and vision of things as they are. Knowledge and vision is the precursor to awakening. Through the practice of Satipatthana, we learn to see through the eyes of the Buddha. This, in conjunction with the practice of virtue, brings us close to Nibbana. To learn more about the Rethinking the Satipatthana Project, please go to sitigu.org slash chintita. That is S-I-T-A-G-U dot org C-I-N-T-I-T-A.